Chapter sixty three of the Mysteries of London. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Judy Guinan. The Mysteries of London by George Reynolds. Chapter sixty three. Well, young Blade, cried the cracksman, you haven't kept us waiting at all, I suppose and do you fancy that i could wake myself up again in a minute when i had once laid down demanded the lad sulkily oh bother to the laying down harry said the cracksman don't you think me and tony wants to sleep as well as a strong hearty young feller like you and we haven't put buff and downy since night before last well never mind shafting about that cried the resurrection man impatiently then having dismissed the waiter he continued now about this business at the palace we must have no delay and when we make appointments in future they must be better kept but i won't speak of this one now because there is some allowance to be made for you as you were up to the best part of the night and you ain't accustomed to it as we are but to the point how is this affair to be managed i don't see how it is to be managed at all answered holford firmly the devil you don't cried the cracksman then what was you doing all that time in the palace running a thousand risks of being found out every minute so we all do at times and sneaking about at night-time to find food i think you managed to discover the right place for the grist said the resurrection man his cadaverous countenance wearing an ironical smile for you must recollect that i found you in the pantry and the pantry's a good neighbourhood it can't be far from where the plate's kept observed the cracksman the plate is kept where no one can get at it said holford how do you know that youngster i overheard the servants count it lock it up in a chest and take it to the apartments of of the lord steward i think they call him the deuce ejaculated the cracksman in a tone of deep disappointment now i tell you what it is young fellow said the resurrection man i think that for some reason or another you're deceiving us you think so cried the lad and why should you fancy that i am deceiving you because your manners tell me so in that case said holford rising from his seat it is not of any use for us to talk any more upon the subject by god it is of use though exclaimed the cracksman you shall tell us the truth by fair means or foul and he produced from his pocket a clasped knife the murderous blade of which flew open by means of a spring which was pressed at the back holford turned pale and resumed his seat now you see that it is of no use to humbug us said the resurrection man tell us the whole truth and you will of course get your regulars out of the swag you told me that the queen was going to windsor in a day or two and that was as much to say that the affair would come off then i told you the queen was going to windsor and i tell you so again replied holford but i can't help it if they lock up the plate and i don't know what else there is for you to carry off the resurrection man and the cracksman exchanged glances of mingled rage and disappointment they did not precisely believe what the lad told them and yet they could not see any motive which he was likely to have for misleading them unless it were to retain all the profits of his discoveries in the palace for his own sole behoof now holford my good fellow said the cracksman shutting up his clasped knife and returning it to his pocket if you fancy that you are able to go through this business alone and without any help you are deucedly mistaken i imagine no such thing returned holford and to prove to you that i am convinced there is nothing to be got by the affair in any shape or way 
do you and tidgins attempt it alone together he found his way to the pantry as well as i did and can tell you what he saw there that a true said the resurrection man apparently struck by his observation so i suppose we must give the thing up as a bad job i suppose we must added the cracksman grinding his teeth but by god if i thought this younger was humbugging us i'd plant three inches of gold steel in him come what would thank you for your kindness said holford not without a shudder another time get some person to act for you whose word you will believe and now he continued turning to the resurrection man please to recollect the terms we agreed upon a third of all we could get if successful or five pounds for me in case of failure well i shall keep my word returned the resurrection man blow me if i would though exclaimed the cracksman fiercely yes fair play's a jewel said the resurrection man darting a significant glance at his companion then feeling in his pocket he added holford is entitled to his five pounds and he shall have them but curse me if i have enough in my pocket to pay him i tell you what it is my lad he continued turning towards the young man you must meet me somewhere this evening and i'll give you the money that will do cried holford where shall i meet you where repeated the resurrection man affecting to muse upon the question oh i will tell you you know the dark horse in brick lane spitalfields i have heard of it but was never there well meet me there to-night at nine o'clock harry said the resurrection man in a kind tone as he could assume and i'll tip you the five counters at nine punctually returned holford i would not press you but i have lost my place in consequence of being absent all this time without being able to give any account of myself and so i'm regularly hard up i'm going to look after a situation up somewhere beyond camden town this afternoon that i heard of by accident but i'm afraid i shall not get it as i shall give no reference for character and even if i could it would be to the public-house where i was a pot-boy and a place i'm going to try for it is to clean boots and knives and make myself generally useful in a gentleman's house so i'm afraid that i'm not likely to get the situation i hope you may my lad for your sake cried the resurrection man at all events the five quids will keep you from starving for the next two months to come so mind and be punctual this evening at nine i shall not fail answered holford and with these words he departed well blow me if i can make out now what you're up to exclaimed the cracksman as soon as he and his companion in infamy were alone together you never thought that i should be fool enough to give him five colters for doing nothing but humorous said the resurrection man no no catch a weasel asleep but not tony tidkins don't you see that he has been making fools of us i remember what a devil of a hurry he was in to get me away from the palace when i lighted upon him in the pantry and altogether i am convinced he has been doing his best to stall us off from the business so i think said the cracksman well resumed the resurrection man we'll just try what a few days in the pit under the staircase in my crib will do for him i have mended up the hole that opens into the saw-pit next door and there is no chance of his escaping we must make him drink a glass at the dark horse and drug the grog well and we needed fear about being able to get him up into my street ah now i understand you observed the cracksman only see what it is to have a head like yourn the pit will soon make him tell us the real truth and if not if he remains obstinate mused the resurrection man aloud why in that case we shall know what to do with him added the cracksman and the two miscreants exchanged glances of horrible significancy End of chapter sixty three recording by judy guinan